Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now. Hi, thanks for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore. I'm the Communications Project Manager at the National Cannabis Industry Association. Happy to be doing another episode today with my guest, Ben Stevens. He's the founder and CTO at Delta Separations. Delta Separations was founded in 2015, and they're a hardware manufacturer based out of Santa Rosa, California. They're dedicated to developing and improving equipment for safe extraction of high-quality oil from plant-based biomass, primarily for the cannabis and hemp industries. Thanks for joining us today, Ben. Yeah, thank you for having me, Bethany. Great. So uh, let's start off by getting to know more about you, um, hearing about your background and what kind of professional experiences you may have had before getting involved in cannabis work. Sure. Yeah. So I started um, in my early 20s. I got hired by Agilent Technologies. Uh, they're a, a worldwide tech company. Um, I got hired in their R&D engineering department, uh, worked under 12 senior engineers um, in their semiconductor manufacturing uh, department. So basically, I was tasked to go through refine processes, refine um, some of the, the older techniques that they were using in, in FET and RFID manufacturing. So I had really good, uh, what I would call, you know, uh, tutorials from these engineers teaching me about processing, teaching me about manufacturing in general. Of course, it was semiconductor, so it was a totally different industry, but it gave me my basic kind of science foundation of, of process mecha- mechanics. And, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, there was a lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of high, 
um, stress environment where, you know, it was R&D, they were constantly rapidly prototyping uh, new things for the cell phone market. So uh, after that, I, I went on to work with the city of Santa Rosa in their environmental compliance department. Uh, there I, I worked with hazardous materials enforcement. We did a lot of um, setting samplers, uh, using chain of custody all the way to the lab, doing the lab tests, and then uh, going back out and doing enforcement if the discharge came up uh, with a positive hit. Uh, and then during that time, I was also, I was cultivating on, you know, under Prop 215 in California. Um, I was, I had three patients, cool. two of those, two of those were family members that were, were pretty sick. Mm. I got really into, um, you know, just from that, you know, being, you know, in my twenties and also looking at the history of what happened with cannabis. I wasn't an active, uh, too much of an active uh, user at that time, but uh, was trying to help some of the, uh, you know, some of my family members yeah when I got, got it in, yeah when I when I got into that that's when I really kind of I, I took on the cannabis obsession and that was <laughs> 2005 uh got the bug and I really studied uh, obsessively studied from that point on saw a few different trends that were popping up um, a lot of those being around concentrates and it kind of led into where you know, where I am now Got it. Yeah. Well, my next question would be how you got involved in what your reason is, but it sounds like you were in a caregiver scenario for a while. Um, so you knew that the plant was beneficial uh, health-wise for certain conditions? Yeah. And, and the big thing was, is, you know, at the time it was, it was very much flower. There wasn't a lot of information about how different administrative, uh, you know, how to administer the medicine differently. Um, there was edibles, there was, there was, um, you know, there was vaping and there was uh, smoking, but then there was this kind of underground, um, a group of science, uh, people who were early adopters of going from, uh, the normal, what you would consider hash or concentrate into this, uh, refined concentrate, you know, and that refined concentrate became, uh, a huge desire, especially when Colorado, Washington, and Oregon started opening up their rec and their um, their medical, uh, California's medical. So dosing and having an, the ability to take the molecule to a point where it's dosable, um, that really kind of struck struck hard on the radar, especially because that was, you know, so the patients that I had did not want to smoke. The edibles at the time, um, you know, was upset, a little bit of upsetting to the stomach. Um, started seeing this other trend and I really caught that bug. That's that's pretty much where Delta separations, at least the the idea of Delta separations came from because there was no equipment at the time that was cannabis specific. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking back to like the old school methods before things got more sophisticated and I guess you could make, you know, a pan of pot brownies and, and you, have to, <laughs> yeah. you have you have to, you know, put the a bunch of plants in some butter and cook it for a certain amount of time and then strain it through a cheesecloth and <laughs> god forbid you're lactose intolerant or on a diet so um correct yeah. and yeah i have heard uh with you know patients that don't want to smoke or even vape and they they want to take it um through an edible um the dosing is so important for them as well uh because on the adult use side many markets have a limit of, you know, 10 milligrams per serving or something, but a patient, they might need 50. And, you know, how many cookies is that? And like, how many calories is right. that? And, you know, your stomach's going to get upset, like you said. So yes, these concentrates 
um, in a more sophisticated way are, are great for everybody, but also especially the those who are taking it for um, health reasons and you do want a certain dose and you want it to be reliable every time. Yeah. And, and you know, when you look at the trend of just in it, we talk about trend as history, but it's really recent history in the last few years, the whole industry has gone from a flower to a concentrate market because of that dosability. Um, and also there's connoisseur products that have been developed out of that, uh, you know, there's some high terpene profiles. It's, it's just like the plant minus a lot of the other uh, compounds that, that aren't needed when you're um, dosing yourself. So the concentrate, that concentrate market is really what you're starting to see is the, the driving force behind a lot of the, um, the new brands, the new products that are coming out, uh, you know, the, the large influx of bigger businesses coming in, they're able to do a bioreduction to a point where they've concentrated the molecule. So it's dosable. And when you come from that perspective, you see a whole new medicinal market pop up. You see a whole new brand product market coming up, connoisseur recreational. And it's really been fascinating to watch that and be a part of that on our end as an equipment manufacturer, specifically for concentrates, watching that develop. It's been, to me, it's just another one of those uh, things that gets me more and more obsessed with it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So speaking of, of your company, Delta Separations, um, as we wrap up the segment here, uh, just tell me a bit more about uh, your role when the company was founded. Uh, well, that was 2015. I got that right there. But t- <laughs> tell me more about your day to day and like what's going on with the company these days. Sure. Yeah. A quick brief history was, you know, while we when we first introduced ourselves in 2015, we're in Northern California. Um, we had, you know, one welder, one fabricator. We had a mill. Um, we started getting an influx of people who were from the cannabis industry uh, specifically saying, hey, I need a custom design system. I have a CO2 system I bought from X company and and it needs some modifications. We started doing some hmm. modifications on CO2 systems. Interesting. Uh, rapidly got into people asking for uh, this new thing at the time, which was a hydrocarbon extractor. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that took on many different forms and different iterations throughout the time. But we kept getting pinged as, as hey, there's a company in Santa Rosa that, that builds and designs uh, for custom for the cannabis industry, custom whatever they need. Yeah. So we really kind of started off as a custom house. And while we were doing that, you know, I was you know I was part of the design and R and D team. Um, but very rapidly within the last three years, we grew from three employees and to now we're we're a little under fifty to just keep that mark going. Oh wow! Yeah, and it's 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 been one of those hats that I've worn from all the way from CEO to CFO, and these are big big words but at the time it was just an an obligation that I needed to do as a company owner Um, currently right now I'm I'm the CTO leading the R&D team for the new development of technology and uh, you know new products that we're you know that we're going to be introducing in 2020 so that's really where my focus is and 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 the big one too is you know this industry is kind of a little bit underdeveloped as well as our company when we started this so we immediately had to look at okay we need a customer service department we need to be able to Mm -hmm. serve service plans maintenance schedules on-site installations and how do you develop that from coming from nothing you you can't really hire your way out of that you have to be very creative with a team get the right heads around the table and put that stuff forward so that you're you're stable as a company 
Yep. Yep. I think, I think a lot of folks in the cannabis industry can relate to having to scale up very, very quickly. Yeah. It sounds like you have as well. Absolutely. All right. We're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be back to chat more with Ben Stevens of Delta Separations. Stay tuned. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. Cannabis is just one of the many great plants that we have on this planet called Earth that we can use consciously and intelligently to improve our well-being. Take a real, raw, inside look at healthier living while sharing great ideas and improvements for a better quality of life. Learning to live and live well is a lifelong process. This is a journey. It could be you could be 80 years old or eight years old. You can still learn something that's gonna make tomorrow a little bit healthier, a little bit easier, a little bit happier, a little bit better. The concierge for better living with Doc Rob. Only on cannabisradio.com. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put the big celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is Himping, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Let me welcome Nick Hexum from 311. We've never heard things like your music when it first came out. It's like to mix the reggae with the punk and all of that together was just such an unusual sound and and we loved it. We realized we're not going to copy what's on the radio. At the time, it was all grunge that was on the radio. And I said, let's just stick to what we know and wait for a culture to come around to us. Hey, it's Nick Hexum from 311, and you're listening to Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina on CannabisRadio.com. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice, only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany, chatting here with Ben Stevens of Delta Separations. Uh, Now, Ben, I am no expert on machinery or technology. I think I figured out how to use a flathead screw the other day, but especially in extractions, you definitely are. And you've gotten your hands dirty building and customizing. And from what I understand, even inventing some new extraction machines. And I'd love to hear more about that and, you know, the journey to build a perfect machine for extractions. Sure. That's a, that's actually an interesting one because we're still in that process of learning what the industry is eventually really going to need as a, as, as the companies that purchase our equipment scale, what's their desired output, what's their desired product. Is it a high concentration connoisseur type product or is it more of a crude oil for a full spectrum versus isolates? Um, so there's, a, there's this, there's a, 
a thing in the industry right now where like, oh, which method is the best? And really, when you look at this, it comes down to the methods are really good. They all have their pros and cons for the desired end product that people are looking for. So we've we've been in that in that space and have gone with a lot of clients, customers that you've either had butane or uh, propane. We've had you know CO2. We've had ethanol. And when you look at trying to design the the perfect system, we we said, okay, well, let's point at something and say, what's the most compliance? From my compliance background, it became very obvious that you know hydrocarbon was going to have some difficulty, CO2 was going to have some difficulty. But we started off with CO2, got hired to do some hydrocarbons, very quickly realized that if the industry took off, went to uh, from medical to recreational, that there was going to be a need for high scale production. Mm-hmm. And really, when you look at the science behind it, ethanol was, you know, and still is, remains um, a very scalable method. Compliance is already built out with your local jurisdictions. They're familiar with uh, flammable liquids. Um, they, they understand the ethanol process because it's in the spirits and the wine industries. And that's where we're located. We're, we're located in Napa and Sonoma County, which is filled with brandies and wines. And so it really mm-hmm. was it really was kind of a, a natural marriage for us to start targeting ethanol equipment as being our our niche. And Got so, it. Yeah. So, we, so we developed the ethanol equipment around the the process pinch points. And I think that's where we really took the leapfrog is we as processors kind of knew that there was pinch points and running um, and processing with ethanol. It was a lot easier for us to say, well, there's going to be a bottleneck within this process. Let's divide, uh, develop and design a piece of equipment that solves that. Huh. And so, so that's really where Delta got its name as far as a technology or, or a, a leader understanding because we understood the process. We have all been in cannabis up here in Northern California, at least a lot of the guys that are on our R&D team for at least 12 to 15 years. Wow. Yeah. You know, so seeing that whole trend, we, we kind of, it was an easy, like I said, it was an easy step into this role. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So again, I, I'm not an expert on extraction technology, uh, but I do hear uh, about debate that there are certain ways of extraction that are quote unquote better or cleaner. Um, can can you briefly just explain some of those differences for the for the layperson between those common extraction methods that people might hear about when they walk into a dispensary? Sure. Yeah. You know that's. Like I said, this is one of those things where, you know, as we start seeing the market develop, there's there's a desire for um, certain types of products. So all the way from connoisseur to, you know, bulk crude production or bulk distillate, bulk isolate, depending on what the end product is, you know, the, a few years ago, there was only a few of them. And maybe I'll just go into those few, you know, sure. uh, yeah. real quick. So hydrocarbon was one of the kind of, uh, it was a questionable method, but it did the job there was you know it was already being used in food and, and the perfume industries as well as the you know the essential oils industry so it was kind of a hey we can we can extract this extract this oleo resin using a hydrocarbon well hydrocarbon's great for um, it's a non-polar solvent so it's great for you know keeping the water solubles which tend to mess flavors and mess um, you know with the actual natural flavonoids and the smells and the esters and when you start looking at hydrocarbon, it's really selective for cannabis. It's really good with terpene retention. It's got great, um, you know, it, it targets the molecules of cannabinoids very easily and you pull them off. The problem with that is when you're processing with hydrocarbon, there is a high uh, risk of explosion, flammability. And Yikes. Solid. Yeah, it's, 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 <laughs> that's, that's a know, hell of a risk. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And, and you can see it, you know, when we saw about three or four years ago, you see all these apartment 
complexes blowing up. You see all uh -huh. who are yeah. open blasting in their house or out back. Yeah. That's really where hydrocarbon kind of got a, a, a negative um, spin. If you were really doing it properly, uh, there wouldn't be a problem, but you would have to have a, a, a compliant facility, C1D1 type environment, which is very expensive to build out and, uh, you know. And not a garage. It's right. not a garage, not a kitchen. <laughs> Not where you're, you know, flipping on a light switch and blowing up, you know, a, you know, half city block. So, that there was, there's, on the compliance end, it was a little bit more of, uh, you know, there's a lot more of a challenge now that it's recreational, and now we've got legal entities uh, looking for compliance around that. So, hydrocarbon's really good for a connoisseur type. So, really high, you know, sauces, uh, you know, where you're you're participating in a vape or a smoke session for sure. If you're if you're you know, targeting that. Not okay. the best for high throughput. Uh, the other one was CO2. We all kind of have have seen uh, and heard CO2 had a nice wave. Um, the problem with CO2 was that uh, it, it also is a nonpolar under supercritical conditions. It pulls a lot of fats, pulls a lot of terpenes, but there's always this post-process. That post-process eventually ends up in ethanol. And mm -hmm. so because CO2, it, it, the penetration of, of supercritical CO2 takes a lot longer. The, th the, the throughput for a high, um, you know, high desired throughput is not there. So people really bought into the green tech of CO2, but realized that the output capacity of that really limited it on how much they could scale their business. That's when people started going from CO2 and started looking for alternatives. So mm -hmm. we showed up with ethanol and ethanol, of course, it's a, it's a, it has a dipole moment. So it has a, a polar and a nonpolar side of the molecule. So it pulls water solubles and uh, lipids and resins from the, the the cannabis plant mm -hmm. so you get a very full spectrum you get all the terpenes you get all that problem with ethanol is that when you're doing a post refinement you generally tend to lose the kind of flavors and and uh the scents that keep to the original of the plant okay. with that but if you're targeting for distillate and isolate which is you know targeting that molecule it's perfect because it's the fastest it's easy it's a flammable liquid not a flammable gas the compliance on that is a, is much different than uh, a c1d1 hydrocarbon type environment so at the end of the day right now everyone's settling on ethanol as being a high the high throughput to, to kind of keep this um, major development of the industry going um, I'd go into rosin that's a whole nother thing but uh, yeah, yeah you know I, I do respect the rosin uh, players as well because it is a, a natural way of getting it off the plant scalability it's still it, it, it keeps it yeah. at a con connoisseur level high dollar value yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I really appreciate you going through that. That's that's super helpful. So so for now, we're we're working on ethanol. Um, yeah. Great. All right, we only have about a minute left here, but um, before we jump to our next commercial, uh, just to change gears a little bit, uh, you, you've been in the industry for a while, so I'm sure you have some perspective on on these big picture challenges we're dealing with. The obvious ones are federal prohibition, <laughs> banking <laughs> access, these insufferable tax rates, thanks to 280e. So I, I think I think people are eager to to be in this industry and see it succeed, but then they're frustrated by the hoops and maybe get hit out of left field by some of these hoops they need to jump through. Is that what you're seeing? Yeah, absolutely. It's the compliance. You know, if, if compliance, you go to compliance, 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 yes. it is, and it's it's early because this industry hasn't been developed. So even the fire marshals in your city, the local city. Um, 
um, permitting bodies are, are struggling to understand the full scope and the full process mechanism. Like, hey, what are they actually doing in there if they're using ethanol, you know? And, and, and getting them, you know, it's, you know, it's really not anyone's fault, but the, we, we let a whole industry go without having the basics if we're going to start regulating. So the regulators tend to be the biggest pinch point at this point, the permitting yeah. bodies. Um, and then, of course, the, there's just the, the large amount of biomass as this industry grows and the, you know, people are transferring their corn fields and their soy and their cotton fields over to hemp there's going to be this major push in biomass down and how do you deal with that if, if the industry is so young so those are a little some of the things that we see on our end mm. uh, requests mm-hmm. like hey can you guys do something bigger and it's like yeah that's you know to design something that big that's that's another three years out you know so yeah. it's it, there's some challenges about because it's moving so fast you know mm-hmm Got it. The, the true challenges that I'm seeing is just the industry's moving at light speed and there's not, yeah. enough, there's not enough time for anybody to catch up. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. I told yeah. Mm-hmm. Dog ears. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. We're going to take our last commercial break and then we'll be right back to finish our chat with Ben Stevens of Delta Separation. Stay tuned. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Fetch your earbuds and stay tuned for some pure pet care conversation. Hi, it's Angela Ardolino with It's a Dog's Life, and I have Hernanda Umana joining me. We're just both so fascinated with how much we've learned since we've been in this pet industry and creating an all-natural product. Because it's a dog's life. I am a huge fan of my guest today, Dr. Bob Goldstein. I have, in my experience, not seen many natural substances produce the results that CBD is producing in the animals that we are testing on. It's a Dog's Life with Angela Ardolino, only on Cannabis Radio. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. The cannabis industry is growing almost as fast as the cannabis and hemp being planted and harvested. Where, when, and how fast will the cannabis and hemp industries continue to climb? Who will be the people leading the charge into that promised land of profit? Let's pursue those answers and more with the Plant Profits. Welcome to another episode of Plant Profits. I am Bert Miller, your host. As you guys know, the purpose of this show is to introduce you to some of the most forward-thinking executives and companies in the cannabis industry. Plant Profits, only on CannabisRadio.com. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice, only on CannabisRadio.com. 
All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice, and we're wrapping up our chat here with Ben Stevens from Delta Separations. Um, as we're wrapping up here, I, 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 we appreciate your membership with NCIA, obviously, and I, I want to get really big picture here. Uh, next year is 2020, and NCIA was founded in 2010, which makes next year our 10-year anniversary as an association. So, we're, we're, we're pretty excited. We're gearing up to reflect back on not only the last 10 years and how far we've come, but also predicting what the next 10 years will bring. So here's, here's the question. What, if, what do you see as how far we've come in 10 years and where do you see us going in 10 years? Wow. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a big question. It is. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I've been completely amazed on the, um, the, gra the grassroots, the, the people movement behind this, um, this plant. It, it provides so much for humankind in a way that we don't even, we haven't even discovered all the different ways, but it, as you can see, it's, 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 a, it's a big deal. And going from a government controlled uh, scheduled drug to where we've got the mass majority of people around the globe starting to understand how it was um, deemed, uh, at, you know, the devil's lettuce, if you so so to speak. Yeah. In, in the campaigning and all the different things that that um, the businesses at the time, the governments at the time, put forward because it was a threat to pharmaceutical, it was a threat to timber, it was a threat to plastics, it was a threat to chemicals, uh, all that stuff. And you see how they demonize the plant to a point where we have social media, we have access to information at our fingertips, at a point where. Um, you can get a movement happening just by throwing something on the internet and watching cannabis go from this, this drug that was in Miss Robinson's cover to where we're at now has been another motivator of why I feel, um, you know, deeply pulled to play my part in this. I see what's happening now as being a revolutionary change in the way humans consume medicine, consume recreational, um, you know, it's, it's our bodies, it's our understanding. We have the science behind it now. And that's really where I've seen the biggest progress is the science behind allowing this, this molecule to come to the masses. For future is now what you're seeing is now the capitalism is getting involved in that. And you're getting big business, you get a lot of money poured at it because there's a, um, a, a, a belief that, that this is the next wave for, um, you know, for us as can not only consumers, but as uh, humans, you know, and yeah. when you look at hemp and you look at the, the, the ag bill, you look at the things that have been, uh, you know, the government's kind of come on board with because of the push of, of um, um, industry leaders like NCIA who can go there and politically talk, speak for the masses. When you look at that, the next 10 years is like, okay, how do we deal with this on a capitalistic basis? You know, when everyone's forcing um, major biomass production, how do you handle all that? How do you you know what happens when the brands start running out of uh, <laughs> where the markets get saturated with you can't put cbd in anything else because it's in everything now you know? <laughs> so just put cbd on it <laughs> yeah just exactly it's like you know my mom always told me it was all about cbd in the, Rob <laughs> in the robitussin right <laughs> so i see that as being a big like how do you handle when when we go from this kind of new new uh, golden era into more 
of just loads and loads and loads of people just trying to put it in everything brands and how do you keep you know brand recognition and and also verify that these brands are um, good you know I yeah guess good, good operators so that yeah. was a lengthy lengthy way but it's an important you know it was an important question yeah yeah i mean we're we're self-regulating a little bit we we are looking to the future to try to mitigate uh, risks. We're already seeing oversaturation issues or overproduction, and yeah. you know, we, yeah, we'll work on balance. We're we're learning as we go, and and fixing problems as we go. I think is kind of the name of this game. Absolutely. Um, and it's it's important to be a part of NCIA. I think, and thanks for being a member. Um, I think being part of a network of two thousand, nearly two thousand companies across the country that are banding together to have a unified voice to go to lobby days in the spring with us um, and learn from each other and develop these best practices and, and think about these solutions to these problems as early in advance as possible. And I, I think NCIA definitely creates the space for that. And uh, before we wrap, we gotta go in a second, but um, in September, NCIA's Cannabis Caucus event series is happening in five cities. This is an evening networking event, it's free complimentary for NCIA members, and it's actually a members-only event. Um, so in September, we will be in San Francisco, Los Angeles, Denver, Ann Arbor, and Boston. Uh, so NCIA members, please uh, register. Um, if you're not an NCIA member, we do have a limited number of non-member tickets. If you're looking to join the association, uh, now's a good time to look into those registrations and join us and learn what's happening at the federal level as, as well as what your, your peers are dealing with. Uh, so check out our website, thecannabisindustry.org slash events for our event calendar. And of course, our California Cannabis Business Conference is happening October 8th and 9th in Long Beach. So register for that as well. Okay, Ben, um, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. It was great to learn more about uh, extractions and your perspective on the industry. Where can people find out more about you? Yeah, you could uh, find us online. Just type in Delta Separations. Uh, we do come up pretty quickly on the Google. Um, it's deltaseparations.com. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram under the same. Instagram's more of the social media type, um, you know, showing kind of our own team members and our culture of the company. So nice. uh, if you'd like to learn out, learn more about us, uh, you, you know, we do also do uh, foot tours. So if you wanted to come and, and, and see the manufacturing facility, uh, just give us a call. Sounds great. All right. Thanks. Thanks again for being on the show. And thanks, everybody, for tuning into another episode of NCI's Cannabis Industry Voice. Until next time. opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.